What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. What's going on on the big show? Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 Zone. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the lowest price on every tire every day. Still mulling over there in the break on what uh, we want Gordon to say for his incriminating audio. I think I went a little too far with my latest idea. Maybe, uh, although that's never stopped us. Before. That has never stopped us. Uh, what about Dave Slamalockton's suggestion? What he shoot in? He said, "How about Gordon admits to uh, Juice Newton getting a restraining order against him?" It's mm. a little aggressive, Gordon. Especially since it's nowhere near the truth. How about how you have about... stayed in her condo? I did stay in her condo. I did not know it was her condo, which was one of the stranger things. That uh, would happen, but uh, she was very kind to me. She was very nice, very See, why don't we cool. go that way where we have Gordon say, I had a torrid love affair with Juice Newton. <laughs> I'm sure my wife would appreciate that, yeah. It could have been before you met her. Uh, it was after I was married to Lisa. Oh, since when Lisa's that... pet name for me is Bowler. Since when does that matter to incriminating audio? <laughs> right. <laughs> you guys are devilish. I don't know if you know this, but my wife really doesn't like my particular incriminating. I have pierced nipples. <laughs> no, but, Whitney but doesn't like those. That didn't stop neither Whitney, of you. Whitney doesn't like the piercings. No, she, she doesn't, doesn't like. She doesn't like the fact that you admitted to it. She doesn't like you guys anymore. I have pierced nipples. That's the answer. Bullies. Well, Whitney loves us. What are you talking about? I think Greg Ostertag should be in the NBA Hall of Fame. Wow, that's a bold take. Bold take. You know, Gordon's right. I do have bad taste in music. Bold take again. We should make you recut that. Why? Because it sounds, it's got a, it's got a tinge of smarmy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, hey. Like he would, he would never say it that yeah. way. Re, recutting yeah. it is not part of the rules. You guys approved it after I <laughs> recorded rules? it, and then we move on. <laughs> you gave us, you gave us a bad selection. You should have been better uh, at the time. It's not my fault. No, yeah. you should have been better at the time. Then we would have had to settle. Hmm. Yeah. All right, you want to get to what's going on? You both should just be better yeah. at picking NFL games. Yes, that's a hundred percent true. All right, let's start off with DJ and PK. They had Yogi Roth from the Pac-12 Networks on uh, to talk about the Utes thus far this season. So the Utes uh, lost a ton on defense, and we've seen they've made some mistakes in some coverages. They let the tight end for Washington get loose. And on offense, they've had nine turnovers, which is so unwittingham-like. And so that's led to their 0-2 thing. And the thing that really, really bothers me, I think it sucks the most, is that going on the theory that this season is a lab, particularly for the Utes, since they had to replace so many dudes from last season, the thing that really upsets me is this could have been a great opportunity for Cam Rising to get his feet wet because he hadn't played in college after transferring from Texas, and he gets 14 plays, and he goes out with injury. I mean, I... That really does suck, and I think that that has the potential to not be a wasted season, 
but not be the development that the entire team for the Utes that they could have gotten if he could have had the opportunity to play. Yeah, I, I, I concur on all of that. Um, I'm with you, man. I mean, the excitement around Cam Rising was amazing when he came in, and then it got tempered because Jake Bentley transferred in. You're thinking, all right, if they're going to take a grad transfer, they probably believe in the fact that they needed grad transfer a quarterback. And then for him to respond the way he did and win the job, I mean, I would have loved to have seen him practice, let alone play in a game, just to see his ability because clearly the staff believed in him. And you're right. This is a team that – they have all the tools to be a championship caliber team. Like, do not be surprised next year in the preseason poll when they get a bunch of votes to win the Pac-12 South. Uh, just pending guys going to the draft, and I don't anticipate everybody returning for the year that's a relative mulligan in 2020. So I'm with you. Super frustrating in that regard. Uh, I think to your point, though, on the defense, it is going to be a dramatically beneficial year for them. To all the things that you referenced, and we talked about it before the season started, the biggest challenge, I think, for guys, especially in the back end, is playing games, is playing the ball and making real, real, real time, real speed, high speed decisions. When you've got to trust in the coverage, your technique, all, all the things that every coach will say, you know, you got you need game reps. I just, I just believe that. So for that back end to get those games reps, it's going to be huge. It really is. And you know, the front seven played obviously much better than they did. Uh, in their first game of the season, their offensive line looked like a different unit against UW for a lot of that game in terms of just moving the line of scrimmage. You know, they weren't perfect, of course, but they played much better than I thought they did in their first outing. And the turnovers, it's just super uncharacteristic to your point. Uh, but they're they're really young, which to me is uncharacteristic covering them for the last decade. Like, I feel like Utah's never been the young team, but clearly with all the departures they are. So, yeah, Sky is is much uh, brighter in better days in, uh, in terms of 2021. And it'll be fun to watch them these last couple of weeks because now they get to kind of play spoiler to a certain degree with Oregon State with the biggest win you could argue in conference play over the last couple of seasons. I mean, what a, what a dramatic win by them for that program. And then, of course, against Colorado, which will try to remain undefeated. So it'll be fun to watch Utah in the final month here or the final couple of weeks. There you go. That was Yogi Roth, Pac-12 analyst, on with DJ and PK. Gordon, your thoughts? I I agree with what PK and what Yogi were saying there. I, I think that the Utes do have a lot of talent, and uh, they need some experience in order to smooth it over. And, and I think they have the athletes to come back and come back strong next year. The problem is that they better have a quarterback. Well, in theory, I, I suppose that's Cam Rising, or at least they hope it is. Well, well, I, I like like PK said, fourteen plays he got. So I I don't know. We're not allowed to to watch practice. So yeah, it's if if he's your guy, then maybe you'll be all right. I could not tell that. I could not come to that conclusion based on the small sample size we saw, but. Watch out. Those teams, anybody who's laughing at the Utes right now, watch out for them because they're going to be better. And they're going to, and I think it's going to be noticeable. And they got a lot of talent in that program. And I think they're going to be back. The, the most concerning thing I think I've seen thus far is the inconsistency from the offensive line, just because I expected that to be better. You know, you expect the secondary to make some younger player mistakes. Um, 
you expect some of those defensive linemen, even though they've been pretty good, maybe to make a mistake or two. I don't know what to expect from the receivers. Uh, the running backs, are they're going to find production, which I think they are. Uh, Keithy, I expect to be better, but I'm not sure if that's entirely his fault. But the old line issues are the, I guess, what has me a little bit concerned because there's a bunch of starts uh, under their belt on the O line, and it, it, I mean, game one was a disaster, right? Game two was kind of the tale of two halves, as we've talked about. So I guess we've seen them perform, but I expected more. Is that fair? That, that first half I thought was awesome on the part of that offensive line. Certainly a lot better than they were dominating the, the game. It didn't work out in the second half. But uh, they, we saw some potential there, and uh, they do have some young young players along that front. So we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. I just based on what I've seen as I peruse through their positions, uh, I, I think there's there's t- real talent there. We were talking about the defense and letting the the Huskies uh, drive 88 yards to win the game. Well, th- those players that were giving up some of that yardage are talented guys. They just don't have a lot of a lot of uh, traction yet, but I think they will. Well, and... I mean, I mean, and I'm not going to uh, to I'm not going to do this intentionally to pick on him, but Clark Phillips, who's one of the freshmen, you know, the highly mm-hmm. touted guy, yeah. uh, even the best play he made all day when he saved that touchdown in the first uh-huh. half with some just yeah. beautiful defense, he had made a mistake but made up for it with that speed, which I think is yeah. a really positive sign. So, mm-hmm. you know, as, as they learn and as, uh, say, in this case, Sharif Shah, you know, gets uh, more coaching and, and able to, to, you know, point situations out to these players, all, that stuff is going to get better and better. And, and maybe even you can look at it that this is a, a good learning experience, I suppose. But it's certainly, if you're a Ute fan, it's, a, it's an extraordinarily painful way to lose football games. But lest we forget, and I know the last couple of years have been pretty good, but the Utes have been defining painful ways to lose football games for a while now. <laughs> yeah, they ha- it has cropped up now and again. Remember when but... Coach Witt and, and Dave Christensen were, were – I don't want to say they were in a spat per se, but uh, that game against Arizona State where Dave Christensen refused to throw the football. You remember that? Where it just flat refused to call a pass play. And what was the lead that day that Utah gave up? I mean, it wasn't 21, but it was – I think it was double digits. Well, he was ill and contrary that year. So, I mean, we've seen it before. We've seen Utah lose football games painfully in the past. Well, I've I've said this, and, and that's a bit of a problem because that the, the coaching staff is really key this year, in my opinion. And I've said it. I've written it. Uh, th- this is a group that needs to be molded, and the coaches are the ones who have to do the teaching. And that's why they can't blow a gasket. They can't go crazy on this team when they make mistakes. They have to coach them up, teach them, so that they won't repeat the mistakes or they'll learn from the mistakes, and then you'll benefit from it moving forward. That's just going to happen this year. The Utes have nine players off that defense who are playing in the NFL, right? I mean, come on. Come on. You just – yeah, Exactly. I think there's a very productive segment. Come on. It's it's just natural. It's going to happen sometimes. Yeah, maybe Alabama doesn't have to deal with that. Maybe, But look at some of the teams around the country, the marquee name teams that just are not playing good football this year. The Utes, in a year where the Utes needed the most instruction they uh, they and the most experience, they were shortchanged in that regard. And so when they make mistakes, 
people, uh, and I usually don't say this because I'm not in the excuse-making business, but this particular year with this particular team, I think it's a convergence of issues that they, they can work through. It's not like they don't have the talent. They just need to hone it, and those young players need to learn from it. But the quarterback, that that's the one thing in this program that I have yet to see, that at least I, I have yet to see real promising signs. Uh, you know, uh, whether whether people think Jake Bentley is is really, really good, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's not me so far. And if Cam Rising was supposedly going to be this, all this and all that, and he got hurt, he didn't really show it early in that game against uh, SC, but then, you know, are you going to judge him off of one quarter of football? I, I can't. So, but I, uh, but I'm waiting. I see bright spots all around the place, but uh, the quarterback position has to be worked out. All right, let's move on to Hans and Scotty. They had uh, Coach Kraskoviak uh, on the air to talk about uh, what's going on with his team. As there's been some ebbs and flows over the past couple of weeks. Here you go, Larry Kraskoviak, head coach of the Utah men's basketball team, joining us. Uh, you you were set to open up the schedule last week. Unfortunately, due to COVID issues, you had to push it back. You open up against December 3rd, uh, uh, on December 3rd against Washington, and then you'd have four games of non-conference play. I mean, I know everybody's schedule is kind of turned upside down this year, but how strange is it to uh, open up a conference game and then play four non-conference games? Yeah, it's well, and then, you know, you throw Washington um, as that team and and they've got a, a – distinct blueprint with their zone and and uh yeah. athletes and a different style of play that is really hard to to simulate in a practice setting and it's it's hard to even show your players when you don't have a lot of film to show your players so you know we'll be going on some years past to, to give the guys a visual for what to expect but um you know, I think for the most part, we've we've been uh, we've been wounded and we've had our moments. But there's not a team out there right now that doesn't feel like they've been turned upside down in some way that have been affected affected by COVID. And it's far from perfect. So, um, you know, I, I think this is one of those times that really flashes back kind of to your your younger days when you were out on the playground uh, or in an open gym and if you were a basketball player, you went in and you didn't want to lose, you know, and what you did is you played really, really hard. You didn't know much about your opponent. Uh, but typically the team that played the hardest and with an edge to them came out the victor. And, you know, we aren't going to have a big sample size of scouting reports and a bunch of data. And not that many people are concerned about our story that we'd like to tell. It's just a matter of, of getting down and getting dirty for 40 minutes and, so I think some of that old school edge uh, is probably what's going to be needed right now, and you're just going to have to be ready to compete when when you get that chance. I was trying to put myself in your shoes this morning when I got the news that you were going to be jumping on with us, and and just trying to think how I would start into coaching um, in in a season like this. And the first thing I thought was, I go to my seniors, every one of them, my six, seven, hopefully eight, maybe even nine <laughs> seniors. And we and I would one. yeah and I'd bring them all in and I'd say guys we got a good opportunity in front of us and and then I I started thinking wait a coach I I think Coach Kraskoviak only has one 
And then I was yeah. like, but but I could go to my juniors, and then and then I started counting, and it was you got thirteen sophomores and freshmen. Like this is yeah. this is a young roster. Yeah, well, you know what? It it feels like we're a group of cagey old veterans because the best news is is those ten or whatever it was, eight or nine or ten sophomores aren't freshmen anymore, you know, and they've played a lot of minutes and uh, it's a it's a pretty mature group. And so even though we're still young on paper, and as you know, you know, this year doesn't count against anybody. So you're kind of you can hold in time, and you know, Fonz is a senior this year. Well, he'll be a senior next year, and so we've got an opportunity with a, a young nucleus of guys that bodes well for the future. And and you know, they were kind of thrown to the fire. Some of those freshmen were thrown to the fire before they they uh, probably were expected to be, and so they're they're tougher for it. And um, and we definitely. You know, I want, I've always wanted to have a player-led team. I don't, I don't want it to be a coach-driven team. And uh, I think we've got a nice group. Uh, Timmy Allen and Riley Batten and Ryland Jones were just named captains yesterday with our team. And those guys have a lot of moxie and stand for a lot of the right things. And so we can put kind of the reins in their hands as far as, as leading our team. But we also expect, as I mentioned yesterday when we practiced, that, that, you know, if you're not a captain, that doesn't mean you can't bring some captain and leadership material to the group and hold each other accountable and find your little niche. So that's a that's the other part that's so awesome about being, you know, in a you talked about the perseverance and kind of st- staying with it. It's, um, you know, trying to be a daymaker, right? Try to we we know that we know that our lives have all been turned upside down and we're not nobody's really comfortable right now but can you walk into a practice gym or a team meeting and be willing to bring a little something to to give something instead of having your hand out and expect to be you know have something given to you and i think that's that's one area right now that's really challenging but uh, we're, we're talking an awful lot about, and it's fun. Our group is a good group of guys, and we're going to you know, keep, keep trying to grow. We talked a little bit about this on the football side with coaches. I'm kind of curious on the basketball side. Uh, you, you, your guys are able to get an extra year of eligibility, but how does that affect your recruiting and trying to uh, reload a roster but also navigate guys that you know have that extra year? I mean, how do you walk that line? Well, you know, I think it's a good thing. As Han said, uh, you know, if you had eight seniors, we probably would have had six to eight guys signed to yeah. take their spots. And then all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, we don't have those seniors, you know, um, but yet you've got all these new guys coming in. So you'd have a gigantic roster. Um, and I think, you know, one of the bright spots for us is that we were a young team. We had one senior. We've signed one kid, um, you know, one young man from Serbia, uh, and it was going to take Fonz's place. Well, now they get to both be on the team at the same time, and we'll only have one additional uh, scholarship. So I think compared to maybe many uh, and probably, you know, the majority of teams, I think it's it's real palatable, the situation that we're in. And um, you know, it, 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 if there's going to be a pandemic, it probably came at a good time in terms of the nature of our roster. So we feel fortunate that way. 
That was Larry Kraskoviak, head basketball coach at the University of Utah, giving his thoughts to the start of the season. If all goes correctly, Gordon, they will uh, take on Washington coming up this Thursday. Well, it was interesting to hear Larry uh, talk about his young team that is uh, seems like a, a more experienced team. Isn't that just sort of what we were talking about with some of the football players? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he said, I thought that was interesting what he said at the end there, that if you're going to have a pandemic as far as the way his roster is built, this is a good year to have it. Kind of a weird I, way to look at it. I like yeah, his optimism, I though. It's good. I haven't heard anybody quite phrase it that way. But, yeah, well, we'll see how it goes. What were the youths? They were picked like eighth in the pack. What were they picked in the Pac-12? I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, none of that matters anyway. I've always Googled. Uh, I think those three players he mentioned in Batten, uh, Timmy Allen, and, and Rylon Jones, I, I think, are the core. And as yeah. they get better, and those are those are three pretty decent players to build around, you know, maybe they can put something together in the subsequent years because I think those three players are pretty good. So how do they how do they go from there? Do you think college basketball is going to mirror college football pretty closely, and a bunch of games are going to be canceled? I don't know. Uh, not necessarily, because I, I think it's a lot easier to um, maybe uh, monitor the behavior of 15 as opposed to 100. But the threshold is uh, you have a lot uh, slimmer margin for error, obviously. Right. So I I'm not sure whether that's diminishing returns or what. Yeah, I don't know. But I, you asked me if I thought it would be the same. I'm not so sure for those reasons. I, I think it will be. I think it's going to mirror it. Uh, you know, obviously basketball is a different setup, but... I think the same issues are going to rear their head, and uh, we'll, we'll, it'll just have to be dealt with. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So hopefully uh, Utah uh, gets their game in against Washington. We do have some BYU basketball news. Um, Vanderbilt is not going to be participating in this uh, tournament in Connecticut that uh, BYU is going. What's a, let me see what it's called here. The Roman Legends Classic presented by Old Trapper. I wonder what Old Trapper is. So who do they have? Is they it have, beef uh, jerky, they, really? Wow. They have, who do they have, USC coming up? Uh, yeah, So, but Vanderbilt's not going to be there, so that affects BYU's second game on Wednesday. So coming up tomorrow at 2.30 uh, Eastern, so what is that, uh, 1230 our time, USC will take on BYU. And then on Wednesday at 3 o'clock our time, BYU will take on St. John's instead of Vanderbilt. Hmm. All right. Well, Total little update there. Hopefully those games will be played. I love... Old Trapper beef jerky. Is it good? It's the I think personally I think is the best you can get. Is there a certain kind flavor that you like the best? Uh, just straight peppered is probably my preferred, but the teriyaki is really really good. See, is it all beef? Like I I would think with a name like Old Trapper, you'd get some exotic animals in there. You know, like <laughs> some beaver. Yeah, some <laughs> just trap this up at the dam. Uh, no, it's it's reportedly all beef. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Are you are you a, a beef jerky kind of guy? I love beef jerky. Yeah. Have you ever had alligator jerky? No. Or emu jerky? No. Ah, oh, terrific. Pretty good. Yeah. Emu, huh? Yeah. Or emu. I had a, fr- emu? I had a friend emu? who uh, who used to make his own beef jerky, and uh, he was really good at it. He's from Australia. You know, that's and, not uh, that uncommon, right? Well, I mean, but he had all kinds of exotic stuff going on there, and I he sent he gave me some, and I thought, okay, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but man, it was good. Why would you be unsure? I don't know. 
You know, the, it wasn't kitty cat jerky, was it? <laughs> and, well, I've had that before too. I, Why? Uh, cat I, jerky? Well, like it wasn't? Like... It wasn't? It wasn't cat jerky, but it was dog jerky. I I came home and I opened the cupboard and I saw some uh, what I thought was oh, uh, beef dog. jerky. Like you meant jerky tree. made from yeah. dog. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> See, that's what I thought too. It, it was just, made for dogs. You started with cat jerky there, like. Oh. Well, I, <laughs> oh, I I took a couple bites and I went, oh my gosh, this is the worst beef jerky I've ever had. That, that my... pepperoni stuff yeah. is that you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, we all thought you filleted a tabby and and dehydrated it. <laughs> No, 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 I've never had cat meat. No. <laughs> Pull There's that. A drop. That's a drop for sure. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, jeez, Gordo. Yeah. All right. Well, you uh, dog treat. You you had a dog treat. Yes, I did. Okay. I don't think that's all that uncommon, but if you were having, like, dog jerky. <laughs> For a treat. Uh, not beef jerky, but dog jerky. I think we'd all be a little worried. Just uh, just let me, uh, public service announcement, uh, you know, look at what you eat before you eat it. You know, that's all. Because I neglected that first part. And next thing you know, I was eating, eating dog food. Want to remind you uh, about our friends at Zero Res. The Zero Res food drive is back. Schedule a carpet cleaning for just $33 per room. Have a food donation ready at the time of service. And Zero Res will throw in a fourth room absolutely free. 801-288-9376. Well, more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Why do I smell dog food? You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Uh, It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5. And 1280 The Zone, thank you very much for making us a part of your day. I want to remind you once again about our friends at Zero Res. The food drive is back. Schedule a carpet cleaning for just $33 per room. Have a food donation ready at the time of service. And Zero Res will clean a fourth room absolutely free. Give them a call, 801-288-9376. Uh, Gordon, just uh, quickly wanted to touch on this uh, a little bit today, and we can get back to the to the basketball and the college football convo but we kind of wonder what minor league baseball is going to look like going forward, not just uh, how coronavirus has affected it, but also Major League Baseball was in the midst of some reforms for minor league baseball, and uh, I'm not so sure it's going to affect teams like the Bees at the AAA level so much, but it is, of course, at the Pioneer League level. Mm -hmm. And there was an announcement today that the Pioneer League became a partner with Major League Baseball um, so it's a little bit different, but the arrangement uh, guarantees a future for the Pioneer League, uh, which was uh, uncertain. Utah has two currently uh, Pioneer teams, of course, the Ogden Raptors and the Orem Owls. Uh, the Raptors, it would appear, are going to stay put, Gordon, there in Ogden, which I think is I think is great news. And uh, But the Owls, they're going to be moving to northern Colorado. So the Pioneer League will... Uh, continue to exist, and uh, glad. Feel bad for the Owls fans out there, I guess, but I am glad that the Raptors are going to survive. I think that's really a good thing. I agree with that 100%. I'm a big fan of minor league baseball. You and I have been to minor league baseball games, and uh, it's fun. 
it's a great uh, bit of entertainment for families to be able to go out and enjoy an affordable sporting event. And you know how it is at baseball games, you know, I mean, you just sit back and you have a good time, you know. Um, you might not care quite as much whether the home team wins or not, but you can have an enjoyable time and have a wonderful time out the a ballpark and and uh, the field up there in Ogden. What is it, Lindquist? Yeah. I mean, that's just that's beautiful. You and I have done shows from up there before. That's yeah, awesome. Really, really nice. Well, here's the thing, and uh, you know, maybe this is something like nostalgic or whatever. But minor league baseball has become a part of Americana in a way, yeah. and the business model really, if you if you looked into it, it just wasn't all that sustainable. Basically, major league baseball uh, clubs were were fitting the bill for all the salaries of the minor league players, and you know, Gordon, I don't know what percentage of those players actually become major league baseball players, but it's not it's not extraordinarily high. So they were looking all along to trim that down a little bit and kind of uh, uh, reface the business model. But And I get that. But the thing is, like, the Raptors are a great example, uh, I think even more so certainly than Orem, of they've really uh, become a part of that community up there in Ogden. Their attendance is good. That that ballpark is beautiful. It's in a part of town that um, is perfect for a, for a ballpark. Um, it's all, you know, kind of organically run. It's really, a, you know, guerrilla minor league baseball up there. But it's important to it's important to a lot of people who live up there. And I'm glad they're figuring it out because I do think there is that communal role for minor league baseball in markets that don't have connections necessarily with big time sporting franchises. Now, I, I get it. Probably a lot of folks who live in Ogden are fans of the Jazz or fans of the Bees as well. But that's specifically their own, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I remember the time when I went up there and did a show up there, and it was a beautiful night, and uh, the the ballpark, like uh, like we we're saying, is just absolutely. Uh, it's just it's like a miniature Major League Baseball park. It's just small, and there are easy access and great views of the field, and get yourself a hot dog or some popcorn and sit back and and talk with your friends or family members. Just have a great night. I I love it. Uh, Gordon, the Jazz have made a, a move, I guess. They're oh. signing a player. Uh, the team has signed center Romaro Gill. Uh, per team policy terms, the deal not released. Uh, he's a 7'2", 255-pound center from Seton Hall. Average 7.8 points, 62.8% shooting, 5.6 boards, 3.2 blocks in 30 games during 2019 and 2020. Man, they sure, how many seven-footers do you need? This will be their their fourth center. Uh, I don't know uh, what are the odds of him making the roster. Probably there can't be a guaranteed contract, right? Uh, I, I'm starting to think that the Jazz is going to start their own seven foot and over team. What four, four seven footers in their franchise now? Well, I'm. How many people are they bringing to camp? This might just be yeah. a camp player. I don't know. There are preseason games, so I would imagine they'll trim the roster, right? So I don't know how groundbreaking this is. But, yeah, I don't know if they need a fourth center either. And you think none of this has anything to do with Rudy's contract negotiation? I don't know. This, no. No, mm-hmm. I don't think this does. Now, you know, bringing favors back and maybe drafting as a bookie kind of. I, I mean, you're, you, you, say it as, you can say it as leverage or you can say it as insurance. I, I prefer to look at it as the latter because they don't have things locked down with Rudy Gobert. You know, Dennis and Justin had a, a media availability today. It wasn't to announce an extension with Rudy. 
So, I mean, the, the future there is, is certainly not certain. Certainly Did anybody ask specifically about that? Did they say anything about it? We'll have that coming up. Five yeah, the hour. top of the five o'clock hour. So, well, all right. That's uh, another big guy. Another big guy, Gordon. Now, I'll be really curious to see this this, uh, this short camp as um, we're going to have some media availabilities coming up over the next few days. Um, just kind of a programming note. Gordon, usually we, uh, you and I and Hanson Scotty go over to the practice facility, and it's uh, interesting on media day because they have all these stations, and we're one of the stations where they talk to the overall media, they talk to the zone, they do um, uh, preseason like pictures, and they do um, internet marketing stuff. You know the, the interviews that Locke has at the beginning of his broadcast where they do the starting lineup mm-hmm. uh, where Joe Ingles makes a joke about his twins? Which, uh, he's got a, a third child now. We'll see what joke he comes up with this year. The but little anyway, things they, you see play on the, the big screen right, during right, the game. Yeah. Yeah. They do all yeah, that for media day. A lot of photos, a lot of videos, all that stuff. Yeah. So they're doing it differently this year because, of course, they are. And uh, we're not going to be live there on site. And uh, we'll probably just take a bunch of these media availabilities. We're hoping to get some one-on-ones as well. But they're going to spread it out over several days. So it's not going to just be one media day. So it is going to be a little different this year. But hopefully we'll give everybody, uh, all our listeners, a chance to hear from the whole team as well as uh, Coach Snyder as well. As well as Coach Snyder as well. Why am I so redundantly redundant in this segment? What's the matter with me? Bob, good question. Austin, do you have any theories? Uh, no theories here as well, uh, to the point, uh, two also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really sort of interesting that it's beginning again. You know, it's upon us. Wow. Yeah, it's here. Well, I mean, okay. like, uh, preseason is two weeks away, less than two weeks away. Less than two weeks less away. Less than two weeks away. Yeah. Three preseason games, two against the Suns, one against the Clippers, right? Yep. And then and uh, you and I... You and I in Austin, we we read uh, I, that article that Austin uh, made us uh, aware of, and about all the, the the various guidelines that they have for this season, and uh, the precautions they're taking, and the preparations they're making to lose some games along the way. It's uh, yeah, it's going to take some finagling, but and some very uh, cautious. Uh, players and coaches, but uh, hopefully they'll get as many of these games in as possible. Did I read that piece right, uh, Austin? Did it say a 10-game suspension for doubles ping pong? Uh, yes, and a full forfeiture of uh, all pay for the remainder of that month. That whole wherein month? Wherein that, uh, that mistake was took place, yeah. Keep it down to singles, people. And like, none of that's true. So, you are so funny. <laughs> you are so funny. I agree. Think of the children, not <laughs> ping pong. <laughs> I agree. Keep it singles out there. Just well, I mean, one. you're rubbing shoulders, you're bumping into each other, you're using the same ball, you're, you know, sharing paddles. What about <laughs> a lot of fluid in ping pong? What about uh, what about uh, beer pong? Because as you throw the the ball into the cups of water or cups of beer, I guess you know that can't be the most sanitary thing. Oh, uh, the alcohol kills it. Is that what it is in beer? The high level content of alcohol in beer will kill it. All right. Don't don't listen to Austin. He's just drink some bleach. It'll be fine. Stop that now. All right, stay tuned. Coming up, we'll get to more uh, big show straight ahead. Don't forget, Frank Tolche tremendous amount of light joins the show at uh, four o'clock, and uh, we'll let you hear that press conference with uh, Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck coming up at the top of five. And do we have Doctor Fauci coming up too? I doubt it. More next ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. 
Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. (laughs) I can see why Gordon would like this song. Sucker for, ever, sucker for grass ever. himself. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard this song. No? No. Hey, I'm a hey, sucker for grass. I got, uh, I was talking about, as opposed to artificial turf there, just to be clear. Um, I've got bad news for BYU football fans. I, well, I, I've got good news and i got bad news. The, the bad news is that the projections for the bowls for the Cougars are not looking overly exciting. The New Mexico Bowl, some other bowl I've never heard of. Um, although in one of the projections I saw somebody had a man at the Fiesta Bowl. What do you think, Jake? What's going to happen? Is BYU going to get totally stiffed? Uh, that's kind of what I've been predicting for a while. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're going to. I mean, get yeah, but the, it's one thing to miss a, a New Year's Six Bowl. I get that, but the New Mexico Bowl. Well, really, therein lies the problem. They don't have a, an automatic bowl tie-in, and with yeah. these other bowls canceling, that doesn't do them any favors because it, it limits the options. And these other bowls have tie-ins to conferences that they have to satisfy. And and whether you like the system or not, that's just kind of how it is. Now, I would expect. Gordon, and uh, here's something maybe the uh, prognosticators don't take into account all that much is that ESPN might, archi- you know, might uh, pull some strings like we've seen in the past to get a more interesting matchup. Yeah, I think I that's the best know. case scenario, like yeah, uh, like they I did just, in the Vegas Bowl with Utah. Yeah, you know? I, I just don't know whether that's going to happen. Um, but I, who, what do I know? All I'm going off is what are these projections I've seen, and I don't know whether these folks are just guessing or whether they've got inside information. Or or what? But I mean, no, I mean, it's underwhelming relative to what the eye test says this BYU team deserves. Well, what they're doing is they're looking at the bowl tie-ins and mm-hmm. what BYU would be able to get into. Maybe a bowl that doesn't have a specific lockdown tie-in or a loose one. But what they ignore is ESPN's ability to go in and tell the Mountain West Conference, we know you want Miami to go to a bowl game, but it's or Miami, what did I say? Wyoming to go to a bowl game, but it's not happening this year because we're putting BYU into the bowl. So mm-hmm. deal with it, but we pay you a lot of money to deal with it, so have a nice day. I mean... <laughs> That's that's what like Jerry Palm isn't necessarily because he's going by the system by the letter of the law. You know what I mean? You're an ACC guy, Jake. How's uh, how's uh, Virginia doing this year, Broncos team? Uh, not well, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw that uh, in one of the projections I was reading, they had Virginia. I think it was in the Gator Bowl or something. But I think that's one of those bowls that has certain slots from certain conferences lined up right and, and the gator bowl is a whole lot better than a bowl, most of the bowls i'm seeing byu associated with uva is four and four three and four in league yeah that see that's that's brutal that's brutal for byu and its fans to see teams like that getting better bowl opportunities potentially than the cougars will 
That's that's pretty tough for them. And again, it's not because BYU's had some great schedule. They're undefeated. Yeah, they're playing crappy teams. Yeah, we all we all know that. But we've also seen a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback, and we've seen some really good playmakers on that team, and we've seen a much improved defense. So it's it's kind of like okay, yeah, it, it, a team can look good against the kind of competition BYU's playing, but. When you watch them play, you think these guys are good. So it's it's just <laughs> I, I don't know how it's all going to turn out if ESPN is going to swoop in and save the day for BYU. But th- there are a lot of teams that I think think that ESPN will help them. BYU's not alone in that, but uh, it just seems like they deserve a little better than what some of the projections are. If something could be finagled. In somewhat related news, Gordon, Brett McMurphy reporting. The Sun Bowl has canceled this year, uh, tied as the second longest running bowl game behind only the Rose Bowl. The Sun Bowl has been played 86 consecutive seasons since 1935. It's Mm. the fourth Pac-12 bowl canceled this year and third with an ACC tie. So they played uh, through World War II? Yeah, it would appear that way, yes. Wow. Uh, but not this year, huh? Is that the one in El Paso? Yes. Mm-hmm. I've been to that bowl game. Yeah, you you were impressed by the way that, that bowl was put on, weren't you? I thought the stadium was pretty cool because it's like built into the side of a, a mountain, basically. And then mm-hmm. uh, there there was a big um, military presence because they've got that, uh, is it an army base right there in El Paso or whatever? But I would say at least a third of the, the crowd there was from the military, you know. Looking for for something to do. It, it had I thought it had a cool vibe to it. And Utah played Georgia Tech that year, and it was a pretty interesting game. It went to overtime, I believe. Did you make it over to Juarez? I did not. Although uh, the person, uh, our manager at the time, who booked my uh, accommodations for me, initially booked it in Juarez and oh, sent, yeah. me, sent me like the confirmation or whatever. And I thought, oh, okay, Holiday Inn. All right, that's all right. And I clicked in on the Juarez. Link, and it was like this is the Juarez. Holiday Inn, and I went back to Raj at the time. I said, Big Raj, my guy, can you get me on this side of the river? Can you get me on the north side? Of, is it, uh, is of it the dangerous river? over there still? I mean, it used to be back in the day people would wander on over there, but uh, I thought folks were being a little more careful about that in recent years. It wasn't something I was looking to do necessarily, but I, I don't know the current status uh, down there of that particular town. But I have walked the field at the Sun Bowl, and uh, it had one of those kind of spongy artificial turf surfaces uh, that has all those little black uh, bouncy balls mixed in there with the grass, with the fake grass, and uh, it gets hot. Man, it gets hot down there during those... Uh, Warmer months. Well, in December, or uh, December going into January, I thought it was that that had one of my uh, that was one of my better uh, dumb GPS stories. If you want to hear that for a second, what happened? So they changed my hotel. I can't remember what they changed it to, but I remember. Wait a minute, you changed it from Juarez, yeah, 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 onto this side of the river, and uh, I uh, I get my rental car. I get in. I, I get out the GPS that at this point was not on my phone for some reason. I had one of those Garmin's. Remember those? Mm-hmm. And so I plugged the address of the hotel into the Garmin. And I'm not kidding, Gordon. Uh, the It was an airport hotel I was apparently staying at that was literally 75 yards from the exit to the rental car company. So uh-huh. the GPS just goes, turn right. 
you have arrived at your destination. And I felt really dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I felt extremely... Step one, you're here. Step two, punch yourself. (laughs) You pulled out of the rental car lot on the street that the hotel was on. (laughs) You could see it from the parking lot. And I punch in the ad, you know, turn right. You have arrived. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even have time. I didn't even have time to see how far the trip was going to take me because you know how it says 20 minutes 25 minutes half hour or whatever it 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 calculated and then said you have arrived <laughs> good thing you didn't like hire a cabbie or something <laughs> anyway there's my el paso memories for you i uh i have fond memories of el paso too i went down there to uh do a feature on mike price the former weber state coach who went up to washington state and then went to alabama Roll Tide had uh, a bit of uh, misfortune down there and uh, ended up coaching at UTEP. So I went down there and uh, spent the day with Mike. He drove me all around El Paso. Took me to he did. Con- took me. <laughs> where did so take- you went to Juarez. <laughs> where, did he, where did he take you? You guys, come on. Uh, yeah, he, uh, we just drove, he showed me, he had memberships at two country clubs. So he, we drove over to the country clubs. I don't know what other clubs he had memberships to, but we didn't go there. And, uh, but, uh, he was in good spirits that day. Hey Mike, why are we stopping at a, at a bank? <laughs> we got to get some ones, Gordon. Oh, you guys. We went for the chicken wings, Jake. <laughs> Here's the university credit card. Have at it. Whatever you want. Go crazy. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, we know. We know. Gordon. I, I asked him about the strip club fiasco, and uh, he was a little sensitive about that, but uh, had to ask. I'm still washing yeah. glitter out of my sweater. But he, I was, I'll have to go back and see what I wrote that day. I can't remember all the details of it, but I do remember <laughs> that was my, my tour of El Paso. Well, we did not go to Juarez, and we did not go clubbing. Mm-hmm. Then why did you go? We uh, we we ate uh, we ate lunch together in the uh, in the cafeteria, the champagne room. <laughs> <laughs> no. I didn't know they served lunch in there. And that was, you know, I mean, I've had to ask some tough questions of people through the years, but asking Mike about the roll tide thing was a little awkward. But had to do it. Maybe we should work Mike Price into your incriminating audio somehow. <laughs> we did not go clubbing together. Now stop it. Mike Price and I let it rain. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google that and see how whether, what he said about that now. Mike but Price that, and I will always have El Paso. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. It was interesting. Thought man, I was going to get divorced after my night in El Paso with Mike Price. <laughs> that was uh, that was so. Uh, it was a big story, big big story. Uh, it was a big lawsuit too, which I think he won, right? Did he? I uh, I have to go back and I see. I thought he did. All right, Frank Dolce is coming up next. Speaking of fans of Mike Price, Frank will jump on the show, talk some Utah football. <laughs> the chicken wings, Jake. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.